Welcome to the Harmony Church Podcast. For more information on service times, any upcoming events, or joining a life group, please check out our website, harmonychurch.nz. We really hope this week's podcast blesses you. Oh, yeah. Man, this is a very good-looking bunch of people here tonight. It's always key when you're preaching to begin with the flattery. Okay, that's key. That's key. I mean it. You guys are very good looking. Um, Anyway, how are we doing tonight? Sorry, I just nearly spazzed out because my iPad wasn't working. So I was like, oh, am I going to have to like make this up? But we're all good. Anyway, God's good. Um, Who's having a good night? Who's had a good week? Who's had a good 2020 thus far? Fantastic. Who's excited about launching a third service? It's very, very exciting, very exciting. We're making room for more. If you haven't been here at Harmony Church, a um, few, few new people here tonight, or if you missed the memo, we are launching a third service, and really the heart behind that is that we, we feel as a church like, that God is positioning us for the more. We're, 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 we're a missional church, and we are committed to reaching lost people. Can I get an Amen. You know, it's, it's comfortable in here, we've got pretty lights, but there is a whole city out there that needs Jesus. A whole city that needs Jesus. And so we're, we're really positioning ourself, um, ourselves for the more that God has for us. And, and so tonight I really just felt um, on my heart to share a message that I believe is really just going to activate you guys, is really going to equip you guys for this next season. Is that okay? Dare I do it? I'm going to do it. Now, we're making room for more, and, and the reality is that we serve a big God who, who is always pulling us into the more. It's just, it's, it's almost never-ending, really. It's, we're, we're always being stretched and pulled into the more. Like Kelly tonight, she, she, was, she was stretched out of her comfort zone. And because of that, I, I believe that many more people are going to be able to encounter Jesus through those Alpha videos and the Alpha, um, the Alpha course. But we all as a church are being pressed and being stretched into that uncomfortable space so that we can access the more. But sometimes, I'm going to be honest, the, the, the more just seems so unattractive. Is anyone with me? Like, too, I'm too busy. I've got too much going on. I've only just got my head above water and now we're like, oh, a third service? Really? Like, are we going there? And, and, and sometimes the more can seem so overwhelming, and, and we don't really even know what it's going to look like. And so tonight, I'm, I'm just praying that I can help you guys to approach the more in a better way. Is that okay? Is that cool? I'm going to pray, and then we'll get into it. I'll drink to that. All right. Dear Lord Jesus, we just thank you, Lord God, that you are here God, that you are incredible. God, that every person in this room is incredible. And Lord God, as we prepare to launch a third service, God, to make room for more, that we will just be activated to actually do more and, and, and do it better for you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Now, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the story, but who knows the account of Gideon in the Bible? We know Gideon here. Who's heard of, the, who's heard of Gideon before from the Bible? Okay, about 30%. All right. Well, the, the, the way this account goes is that in Judges 7, it's not on the screen. And for the sake of time, I'm just going to summarize this passage. 
Basically, what happens is Gideon is a judge in Israel. And at that point, they didn't actually have like kings and queens and stuff or prime ministers, presidents. Um, God actually had appointed judges who were really um, in charge of protecting Israel's best interests. And so what happened was um, Israel, they kind of disobeyed God and all this stuff happened. And this massive army of the Midianites swept through and basically just like ruined them. Just, just totally, just totally owned them, totally wrecked them. And the Midianites came through, and what they would do every year is when it came to harvest time, the Midianites would come and they would basically just ravage all the crops, just burn all the crops away so that they couldn't actually reap anything. They couldn't actually be fruitful. And, and what happened was Gideon kind of gets a bit triggered. Has, even, has anyone ever been triggered before? You know what? By Gideon. Wow. The truth's coming out. Um, no, no, so, so, so Gideon was triggered, and um, he, was just, he was just annoyed. He, these guys have been pushed around for quite a long time, and it, it kind of got to the point where he was, he was threshing wheat in a wine press. He was trying to hide it because the Midianites would burn all the crop. That's what he was doing. He was trying to secretly, you know, he, had like, he was the wheat plug. He had the secret wheat factory going on. Anyway... He's sitting there complaining about all this bad stuff that's happening. And he says, God, like, where are you, dude? Where you been, bro? God, where, where have you been? And, and, you know, all the things that you did for our forefathers, that was pretty nifty. That was pretty cool. But, like, where you at? What's happening? I'm sick of it. I, I, I'm tired. I'm sick. This wheat tastes strange. I, I want something else. And, and so what Gideon does is that he's a man of action. And so God meets with him. And then he, he calls to arms as many men that he, that he can communicate with. He calls them together. He rallies the troops in a hope of like fighting back or like pushing back the darkness, if you will, pushing back the oppression. And he, he puts the call out, and he's feeling pretty good. He's like, yo, I just got on Instagram, put the call out. 32,000 dudes showed up. That's solid, eh? That's like, we had a, there was a pre-meeting in Auckland, 10,000 people. That's a lot of people. That's like three times that amount. So that's actually, that's a solid effort in my books. Like, he's put the word out, the guys have showed up. Now, you might think, that's a pretty solid army. That's pretty good. Like, there's, there's a lot going on here. You guys have rallied a bunch of dudes that are ready to get it done, ready to save the day. But the only problem is that God says to Gideon, Gideon, I know you're fighting an army of 135,000, 135,000. And I know you got 32,000. That's actually too many, bro. You got too many troops. I can't work with this. You need less troops. And so what he says to Gideon is, Gideon, I want you to tell the people, anyone that's just like not too sure about this whole thing, anyone that just showed up for the free food, I'm, I'm going to have to get them to leave. You, you just, just go. Just, just go away. Okay? And, then, and so he, he literally dismisses 22,000 people. He's like, see you guys, I'm sorry, man, like the orders were great, but you've got to go. And so 22,000 people leave, 
And if that wasn't enough, God then says, what I'm going to do now, there's still too many people here, man. You guys, you guys it seems like you can do a lot here, but really you're, you're just doing the most. You're not actually really going to achieve what I need you to. And so he gets him to go down to the water and he says, basically, everyone that kneels down and starts drinking water like this, they got to go home because they ain't vigilant, man. They ain't ready. They're, they're not actually battle ready. They're just, they're in it for the free food. And, you know, it's a desert, so they're in it for the, you know, and, and, and anyone that's doing that, you can go home. But anyone that actually leans over, scoops up water and drinks like this, laps it up, they're going to stay. So Gideon's like, okay, I mean, who drinks water like that anyway? Turns out 9,700 do. He's like, okay, okay, no, no, cool, 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 cool. We can work with this. We can work with this. I I had an army of 32,000, God. Now you're giving me 300. What's the deal? What is the deal? Now, if you know the story, these 300 men go on to defeat an army of 135,000 people. That is impossible. And the lesson that we learn from this story, this account, is that sometimes less is actually more. Sometimes less is actually more. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but we, we have actually seen a, a tide of oppression, a tide of hatred kind of sweep through the city. And the enemy's doing stuff, and he's trying to pull strings and, and doing what he's doing. And I really believe that in this church and, and, and the other churches in this city, in this country, that God is looking for, he's looking for people that are fully committed, that are, like, that are fully aligned, they're, they're battle ready. They're like, I'm, I'm ready to go, man. I'm just going to get a little bit of refreshment, but I'm like, I'm good to go. I'm good to go. And now, and, and so God's looking for those people that are actually ready to make a positive difference. They're actually ready to say, you know what? I, I'm willing to say no to a whole bunch of stuff so that I can say yes to you. I'm willing to say no to a whole bunch of distraction and meaningless, trivial pursuit so I can say yes to your purpose. Is anyone with me tonight? And I really believe that if we actually want to do more as a church, if we, does anyone want to do more with their life? Or has anyone made it? No one's made it. Okay, we're all on the journey. Just checking. Does anyone want to make a bigger difference? Does anyone want to make room for the more? Well, if we want to do that, I think that as a church and as individuals, we we just need to understand one simple truth. Sometimes less is more. Sometimes less is more. I'm not talking about a lesser harvest, because the harvest is great and plentiful. I'm talking about people that are fully committed and fully aligned to actually start working the harvest. Is anyone with me tonight? And if God empowered 300 guys that were just like, Let's get it done. Full on dudes. Then what could he do with us? If, he, if, if 300 guys, which is a lot, lot less than their, than their original army, if they could do significantly more than 31,700 other people, what could he do here? The, the, the secret to accessing the more is actually 
Sometimes to do less. Do less. To simplify, to refocus, to define what's actually important. And what will actually get you to where you need to go. Because we live in a crazy culture, a crazy time where there's a million and one reasons and a million and two excuses to just waste time. So what are we going to do? Less is more. You know, I hear you say, Jared, you're crazy. Like, there's, there's no way this can be true. Like, less can't be more. That's, that's stupid. That's, that's dumb. You know, there's, there's always so much more that needs to be done. My kids, gotta look after my family, job, business, studies, a few people starting university this year. Not to mention that we're about to go to three services, and that's honestly, that's going to require more serving. That's going to require more teams. That, that's that, that's going to require more intentionality, more energy, more people. We're going to have to like actually hang out with more people. There's going to be more people coming in. That's going to be kind of uncomfortable. There's, there's going to be more. There's going to be more rosters, more stuff, more admin. That sounds like admin to me. That sounds like admin. More faith, more prayer, more meetings, more coffee. Amen. Amen. Alan said, I'll be there tomorrow. Let's, let's do it. More resources, more. God is asking for more. And you know what? I'm thankful for Gideon and Catherine who are always kind of pushing us towards the more. Are you guys thankful for that? Let's, let's honor these guys. Because, you know, we're, we're constantly committed to, to, to being led into the more. But honestly, when I take a step back and I think about this year, like, we're launching another service, which is just more. Like, I'm involved with youth, and so we've got a whole bunch of new youth initiatives that we're going to do. And that's a whole lot more. That's more admin. That's more admin. And <laughs> admin. And, and, and it's going to be incredible. And I'm getting married at the end of the year. Yeah. And we celebrate. But that means more money, man. I don't, know, I don't know if you know how much a wedding costs, dude. So I just want to put it out there. I'm now accepting large cash gifts in the foyer. So if the Lord stirs you, then, then get, a, get amongst that. But um, look, when, when, I, when I really just sit back and go, this is just so much more. Like I thought we were doing good. I thought we were doing all right, doing our part. But then there's more. There's so much more. Sometimes that can be overwhelming. And it can be stressful too. Like it can be stressful. It can be complicated. It can be demanding. But here's some good news. Do you guys want to hear some good news? It doesn't actually have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. Because if God could take those 300 men and defeat an army thousands and thousands and thousands of times bigger, then I believe that if we can just align ourselves and actually focus on what God's actually called us to do, we can do it, man. We can make room. Less is more. Less is more. So how does this actually work? Does anyone want a history lesson? Is there any history fans out there? 
you're all boring. No, 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 no. History is amazing, but I, I got a wee history lesson here. In 1906, Italian economist Wilfredo Pareto observed that 80% of Italy's land was owned by 20% of the people. That's crazy. Now, this Italian mathematician, he actually became obsessed with this ratio, 80-20. He began to see it in everything. He's like, we've put out 100 chairs, and only 80% of them are there, are full. Only 80% of the chairs are full. And then he, then he like went to work, and he would see it there. Apparently, what happened is he even observed it in his garden. He's like, wait a minute. He's growing peas in his back garden. He's like... Dude, 80% of the peas are coming from these 20% of these plants? That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous because who counts the amount of peas coming out of the pea pods? That's obsessive. Anyway, I'm thankful for this guy because this 80-20 ratio, of course, to to effect became known as the Pareto Principle. And if if you're a business, is anyone a business here? You guys will be familiar with this. That 20% of the input creates 80% of the output. 20%. 20%. Uh, this is funny for all the bosses out there. 20% of your employees do 80% of the work. You just got to find out who's who. <laughs> then you know who to fire. 20% of the clients bring in 80% of the revenue. 20% of the photos you post on Instagram get 80% of the likes. of the drivers on the roads today cause 80% of all the accidents. Someone point point to a bad driver real quick. We're going to be... No, I'm kidding. Don't do it. You. No. Uh, According to the 2018 Forbes World's Richest List of the top 200 richest people in the world, 20% of them were Jewish despite Jewish people only representing 1% of the, whole, the world's population. That's ridiculous. They know something we don't. I need to give myself a Jewish accountant, amen? When, when you go to a cafe, 80% of the orders come from 20% of the items on the menu. 20% of the foods you eat and have been eating have contributed to 80% of your weight gain. Oh, you don't want to hear that, though. You don't want to hear that. Okay, I'll take it back. Okay. At 80%, this is just my, this is my estimate. I don't actually know these figures. 80... <laughs> but look it up. Look it up. 80%, although just pulling stats out of like thin air, like 25% of all of. Okay. 80% of all donations received by Harmony Church comes from 20% of the congregation. Is that true? Oh, that's true. We are onto something here. 20% of our congregation do 80% of all the work. That's challenging. Essentially, the idea is this. The more is almost always produced by the less. 
I remember when I was at high school and we play like pickup basketball or like football and you had like teams of five, two teams of five, and there was always that one kid. It was probably Fabian. <laughs> who would score like 80% of the points. Know what I'm saying? It was definitely Fabian. That wasn't me. I was I was just chilling, you know. I was just 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 morale, team support. Thank you. I'll take it. So basically, what does this actually mean for us? To wrap this up, what does this actually mean? It means that that 20% of everything you currently do in life, in your business, studies, church, serving, finances, 20% of what you're actually inputting is creating 80% of your output. That's called unequal distribution. It means that you put in 20, the best 20% is going to produce 80% of everything else you do. The sad thing is that most of the time, we spend 80% of our time for, for only 20% of the output, which means that there's frustration. We're putting energy in, but we're, we're not actually seeing results. We're not actually seeing fruitfulness. Like, we're so overcommitted these days. Like, we think if we just do more, if we just fill our schedule, that somehow we're going to see a different result. Can anyone relate? Like, if I just appear to be busy, like the amount of teenagers I talk to these days, and I'm like, what have you been up to? Oh, busy. Busy doing what, bro? <laughs> busy doing what? Like, how can you be busy? I, I don't get it. But, but, but busy. You know, I really believe that there's actually no such thing as busy. It's just wrong priorities. It's wrong priorities. And really, as a church, if we want to make a big difference, if we want to make room for more, we actually have to determine what's the vital few things that God's called me to do and what's just the trivial many that people are expecting me to do. Because if you can differentiate between these then we're going to make a tremendous difference. The least for us speaks to the things that actually make a difference, the things that are actually important, the things that actually mean something, the things that God has actually graced us and called us to do. What are you world class at? What, what's your superpower? What has God graced you to do? What's that one thing? And the more just speaks of everything else. Basically everything else we could do, but it doesn't mean we should do. You know, less, less is more. Less is more. When, when everyone here is running in their lane, the impact is going to be devastating for the enemy, man. When everyone is running in their lane, I can't play bass like Rick. He's insane. He's insane. I, I, I can't do sound like Johnny. He, he's insane at that. I can't lead worship like Bex. She's insane, man. I can't be on that level. I can't... <laughs> I can't break dance like Joe Taylor. She's insane. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, if we all find a way to, to, to get into our lane and do the things that God's genuinely called us to do, what difference could we make? We spend so much time pursuing things which actually amount to nothing. Nothing. Netflix... Who cares? 
Just stop it, man. Just choose like one show. I've personally vowed that I'm not going to watch any TV series this year. I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. Oh, that was horrible. Thank you, Bix. But honestly, like, we try and spin so many plates and juggle so many balls. Like, that game tonight was actually perfect because that's an illustration of what most of our lives look like. We're trying to, like, juggle three balloons at once, and then we end up dropping all of them. And we're like, oh, where did, it, where did I go wrong? You know, I challenge any of you to go through the New Testament and find the scripture that records Jesus running. You can't do it. He, it doesn't record that Jesus ever ran, which indicates he was never actually in a rush. Just let that sink in. If you can find the verse that says Jesus ran, he ran to Jerusalem. He darted back. He ran to the mountain. He ran to the Jordan, ran to the cross, ran out of the grave. It's not there, man. It's not there. You won't find it. You won't find it. And, and man, Jesus was carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders, but he was still able to stroll. How you doing? <laughs> he was cruising. He had the most important mission in the world, but he was still able to stroll. That should inspire us. Why was that? Jesus was never in a rush because he knew what was most important and he pursued it relentlessly. And it's amazing that when we focus on the things that are actually important, the things that are actually meaningful, the less that's actually important, the things that have eternal value, everything else seems to take care of itself. Isn't that funny? That's the, that's the reward of having the right priorities, is that you get both and. You know, in Matthew 6.33, it says, we all, most of us will know this, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then hold up. All of these other things will be given to you as well. The crazy thing about that is it's, not, it's a one-way street. Because if you try and pursue all the other things, then you're going to forsake what's actually important. You could watch 10 series on Netflix this year, but you're going to neglect reaching the people in your neighborhood. You're going to neglect doing things that are actually making a difference. And when God's priority becomes our priority, I believe that we're going to see the most incredible things happen. I really do. I think that we're going to be able to make room for the more that's, actually, that's coming. We're going to be able to anticipate it. But I guess tonight it's the call to get ready, get prepared. What are, you, what, are you, what are you prepared to say no to so that you can say yes to God? What are you willing to neglect, intentionally neglect, so that you can actually pursue what God's called you to do? And where God's priority becomes our priority it's going to be crazy, man. We're going to see the most beautiful, amazing things happen. There's more Kellys. There's more, there's more people that 
need to meet is Jesus. And what is God's priority? God's priority is people. If that weren't true, he never would have sent Jesus. He never would have done it. He would have been like, you guys figure it out. I don't care. But God's priority is people. People. Not just people, his sons and daughters. Whether they be near or far, it doesn't matter. His priority, his heart, is actually for you to flip inside out so that you can stop focusing on you and actually focus on the people that need Jesus. That's how we make room for more. And, and we can make room for more, but in doing so, it's going to require all of us to refine and think, rethink, refocus on how we spend our time, what we commit to. As the band come up, I'm going to read this verse, Ephesians 5.15. Be very careful then how you live. That's a whole sermon right there, by the way. Tune in next time. <laughs> Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. It says, be careful how you live. Be careful how you use your time. Don't be foolish. Understand what the Lord's will is. Understand that to God, the most important thing is his kids. It's you, it's us, but it's them. It's about inviting people into a family. And if we want to access the, uh, more of the more, it's going to require us to do more of the less. It's that one thing or those few things which are actually important. Those things which actually make a difference. This is applicable across the board. Like if you apply this to your business, game over, man. You figure out what's actually moving the needle, you're going to do well. But more so, if we focus on souls, if we focus on people, if we focus on reaching others, we're going to see something amazing. So my question as I close and challenge to you tonight is what is the one thing that God has genuinely called me to do in this season and how will I pursue it every day? Every day. Not just tomorrow, not next week. Every day. How am I, how am I going to make sure that this becomes an everyday thing? How am I going to make sure that what I say is important and how I spend my time actually lines up? What is the one thing God has genuinely called me to do in this season and how will I pursue it every day? For some of you, that might look like committing to a serving role here. It might look like putting down things which you could do in pursuit of what you should do. Because just because just you can doesn't mean you should. And really just having to think in these next seven days, I challenge you, we're fasting for seven more days. If you could find the answer to that question at the end of seven days, we're going to do some damage. Because if we're all aligned in our priorities, if we're all pursuing the same thing, what are we going to see? We're going to see people come in. We're going to see 
people encounter God for the first time. So come on, why don't we just bow our heads and I'm just going to pray for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we just pray for this community right now. We just pray for, God, the harvest that you're bringing in. But God, we thank you for the workers that you're sending out and that we're your workers, God. God, we just submit our lives to you again for this mission. God, we focus. We choose to focus on what's most important. When it's all said and done, the most important thing is people. And so right now, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would steer us, that you give us vision, that you give us clarity, that you would actually help us to break those, those comfortable molds that we find ourselves slipping into so that we can actually make a real difference. This week as we hand our flyers, we hand our business cards, we have those conversations. I just thank you for your favor. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that less is sometimes more. That when we focus on the less, but the most important thing, we get all the rest as well.